the unthinkable has happened. The evil king of a distant planet has decided to conquer Earth. A benevolent alien being, fearing the Earth's impending doom, selects a seemingly random group of teenagers, imbues them with supernatural powers, and charges them with saving the world. I know what you're thinking. Nice try, but no. In the early 1990s, there were actually two shows in which a group of Californian teenagers were humanity's sole defense against the nefarious plans of alien tyrants. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was one such show. The other was called The Tattooed Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills. And I swear I am not making that up. This show was a low-budget knockoff of the Power Rangers, for sure, but whereas each ranger represented a different species of dinosaur, the tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills drew their power from the heavens. To carry out my mission to start volcanoes, I have chosen four teenagers from Beverly Hills. I summoned them by flashing their tattoos. Then they transform into galactic sentinels! I'm not sure what Apollo and Centaur have to do with anything, but the fact that two of the four tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills drew their power from the signs of the Zodiac stuck with me, even after all these years. Now, I could talk for hours about why the show might have chosen Taurus and Scorpio over some other signs, but in this episode, I would like to talk about the signs themselves. What are they? They have some connection to the stars, right? But just what is that connection? Based solely on astronomy, what does it mean if one is a Taurus or a Scorpio? And what if I told you that your birth sign isn't necessarily what you think it is? My name is Charles, and this is Astrosplained, season two, Episode 9, Who Loves the Sun? A Tale of Two Zodiacs. Hello, and welcome to Astrosplained. I'm Charles, your friendly neighborhood astrologer. A few months ago, I received a letter letter. Yeah, via, via Pony Express. I received an email from a listener who noticed that in one of our episodes on Donald Trump, I referred to the former president as a Leo. This listener's question was, if he was born on June 14th, wouldn't he be a Gemini? Now, there are two parts to the answer to this question. The first is that when I said that Trump was a Leo, I was referring to his ascendant sign, not his sun sign, because in Vedic astrology, the sun sign is important, of course, but the ascendant and the moon tend to be a little bit more important. The second part of the answer rests on the difference between the tropical zodiac and the sidereal zodiac. Because even if 
I were talking about Donald Trump's sun sign, I would not say that he is a Gemini. I would say that he is a Taurus. Why? Most Western astrologers use what's called the tropical zodiac, whereas in Vedic astrology, we use the sidereal zodiac. What's the difference? We think of the year as starting in January, but that's completely arbitrary. A long time ago, the year was said to begin at the moment of the vernal equinox. That's the moment when there are equal amounts of day and night, and it usually occurs around March 20th. The ancients used the sun's location at the moment of the equinox as a way to keep track of the months of the year. A year is made of 365 days, right? Obviously. And the Earth is round, right? And circles are made of 360 degrees, right? Yes, of course. So, because the Sun, as it appears from the Earth, seems to move at a rate of one degree per day, it should take about one year for the Sun to go 360 degrees and return to its equinox location. This also means that every month the Sun will have moved 30 degrees. 30 degrees times 12 months gives us 360. And if you divide the sky into twelfths, the Sun remains in each twelfth for one month. Separately from all this, people had figured out that groups of stars appeared to form shapes. And over time, we gave those shapes, or constellations, names like Aries, Taurus, Gemini, etc. Now, way back when, the Sun appeared to enter the constellation of Aries at the same time as the vernal equinox was happening here on Earth, which meant that after 30 days, the Sun would enter the constellation of Taurus, and after another 30 days, Gemini, and so on and so forth. This was the Zodiac, the collection of constellations that the Sun passed through every year. However, a funny thing started happening. It's a process known as the Procession of the Equinoxes, which would make a pretty cool band name come to think of it, but I digress. What this means is that each year, the sun's apparent location at the moment of the vernal equinox moves farther and farther away from the constellation of Aries. The procession of the equinoxes is a very slow process, but over the course of thousands of years, it makes a big difference. Because at the time of this year's vernal equinox, the sun was not in the constellation of Aries. The sun was at 5 degrees 51 minutes of Pisces, so almost a full sign away from where it used to be at the moment of equinox. And this is where the two different zodiacs come in. The tropical zodiac, which is preferred by most Western astrologers, still 
uses the sun's location at the moment of equinox as the beginning point of their zodiac. So wherever the sun is at around March 20th, that is going to be zero degrees of Aries. And the sky will be divided up into signs based on wherever zero degrees of Aries happens to be. So if we say that Donald Trump's sun is at 23 degrees of Gemini based on the tropical zodiac, what we are really saying is that when he was born, the sun had moved 83 degrees from wherever it was at the moment of equinox in the year Donald Trump was born. That's 30 degrees for Aries, 30 degrees for Taurus, and then 23 degrees for the portion of the sign of Gemini that the sun had traversed by the time Donald Trump was born. 30 plus 30 plus 23 gives us 83. So the tropical zodiac describes the planet's location in relation to the ever-shifting equinox point. The tropical signs no longer line up with the constellations that gave them their names. So, yes, while Donald Trump's sun was 83 degrees away from its equinox point, in terms of the actual stars in the actual sky, the sun at the time of Trump's birth was in Taurus. This is how the sidereal zodiac works. It describes where the planets are in relation to the stars. In fact, sidereal means in relation to the stars. And this is the zodiac that we use in Vedic astrology. When I was born, for example, the sun appeared to be in the constellation of Scorpio. But if you measured how far the sun had traveled from its equinox point, you would say that the sun was in the sign of Sagittarius. Now I know that in Astrosplained, I have always used the word signs when talking about Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, etc. And I did that because this is how most people think of the Zodiac. I mean, the line is, hey baby, what's your sign? Not, excuse me, would you mind sharing with me the name of your constellation? Although, perhaps after this episode, that will change. But signs is the term that you should use when talking about the divisions of the tropical zodiac. When talking about the sidereal zodiac, which is what we use at Astrosplained, the better term is really constellation, because the sidereal zodiac relates everything to the constellations. The equinox point has nothing to do with it. And why does Vedic astrology prefer the sidereal zodiac? It's because this zodiac aligns with a fundamental principle of Vedic astrology. As above, so below. Why do we say that a planet becomes stronger when it goes retrograde? Because a retrograde planet shines more brightly and is thus easier to see and more able to affect us. Why is it bad when a planet is combust? Because when a planet is too close to the sun, we can't see it. Which means it can't exert as much influence on us as it otherwise would. The sidereal zodiac follows the same logic. The nakshatra of Mula is associated with scarcity, with a lack of abundance. Why? 
because Mula's position in the sky has no bright stars. It's a very dim part of the sky. So if, when a person is born, the Lord of their 11th house is in the nakshatra of Mula, I might predict that that person will experience scarcity in terms of their finances, in terms of their wealth, because the 11th house is the house of gains. And again, Mula, due to the lack of stars in its part of the sky, represents scarcity. And this prediction would be based on simple observation of the physical world. For us, the equinox point is, therefore, irrelevant. Which is not me throwing shade on the tropical zodiac. I did not study Western astrology, and for all I know, it is a perfectly valid tool. But my job is to help explain Jyotisha to you, and to do that, I have to explain why we use the sidereal zodiac. at gmail.com with any questions you might have regarding the show or to suggest episode topics. I'm especially interested in how you felt about this episode and the karma episode. I try to stay out of teacher mode because this show is mostly for entertainment, but if you think that this content helps you follow our regular episodes more easily, I would love to know that. Conversely, you can tell me to just stick to fortune-telling. We are still on Twitter and Instagram at Asterisplained. www.asterisplained.com is back, 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 back again, so do check that out. And if you enjoy the show, please recommend it to friends and leave us a good review. That's it for me for now. I'm Charles, your friendly neighborhood astrologer. Thank you ever so much for listening to Astros Blaine. Don't touch that dial. I've literally just discovered that Nimbar, the alien from the tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills, who gave the teen protagonists their mission and powers, was voiced by Glenn Shaddix, who played Otho, the interior designer in the movie Beetlejuice. Now, in 1993, one year before he would play Nimbar, Glenn Shaddix appeared in an episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in which he played a character named Ralph Scorpius. Scorpius is the Latin name for Scorpio, the eighth sign of the Zodiac and one of the two signs mentioned in... What could it all mean?